0: it down keep it down (laughs) i'm here don't worry friends i haven't left the building i'm right here you're a humble host here for another edition of sounds like radio and i welcome you to another great edition here with the great gilder sleeve and some really fine music yes indeed you know we're coming to the near the end of this current season of the Great Gildersleeve, a few more episodes and the season will be over. It's approaching summertime in Gildersleeve land. And today's show actually was broadcast on May 24th, 1950. And just to let you in on us, a little secret here, this will be Harold Perry's last year of the show, uh, the one that we're listening to now. So when September arrives and the new season starts up, Willard Waterman will be playing the great Gildersleeve, and uh, Willard Waterman is one of my favorite gildies. I think he played the Gildersleeve character in a slightly more realistic manner, and uh, the stories were were always interesting, and the uh, Willard Waterman stories are quite good. So they'll be coming up when the new season starts, but it's kind of sad to note that this will be Harold Perry's final few programs. But anyway, we'll get to that story uh, a little later in the in the uh, shows in the future. Anyway, so today's show is about uh, Bronco getting a job selling houses. Yeah, he wants to sell a house. And the thing is, though... Gildersleeve says that he has plans on Bronco selling houses as long as he's going to do it. He is trying to finagle Bronco into selling that rotten neighbor of Gildersleeve's, Mr. Bullard. Yeah, he's going to set Bronco on Mr. Bullard to sell Mr. Bullard's house so Gildersleeve can be rid of Mr. Bullard. But guess whose house is really going to get sold? Here is the great dean martin he has a clue about that tell us dean someone
1: really loves you guess who oh guess who someone
0: Guessing game today on the Great Gildersleeve Sleeve as both, both, Bullard, yeah, Bullard and Gildersleeve Sleeve are going to be trying to get Bronco to sell each other's house. Oh, who is going to be the big loser in this one? Yeah, they're both trying to work each other uh, to get out of the neighborhood. Well, you know, in this program now, Bronco and Marjorie are back from their honeymoon. This is the first show when they're back from the honeymoon. They were living in the Gildersleeve household, but they're back on, from the honeymoon, and Marjorie has, uh, you know, begun to worry about Bronco getting a job. So that's why he thought, I'll get a job as a real estate salesman. So now, Bronco and Marjorie, they're playing house. As Marjorie says, I want to play house with you. Here's Helen O'Connell. Yeah, she wants to play house with Bronco, and that ain't a bad thing. We're friends. Today's show is all about Bronco being in the real estate business, trying to sell some houses. Eh, yeah, even if it is Gildersleeve's Leaves and uh, Mr. Bullet's house, he's trying to sell. But the most important thing that Bronco has to learn when you're in the real estate game is that a customer wants you to be honest. Yes. Be honest with me, says the customer to the real estate guy. Or in this case, says Gildersleeve to Bronco. And unfortunately, (laughs) well, Bronco ain't quite that honest because he's selling Gildersleeve's house and he don't even know it. Here's Bing Crosby with that advice. Be honest with me. Tell him, Bing. Be
1: honest with me, dear. Whatever you do. Remember your mind, dear. Oh, always be true wherever you wander on land or on sea. If you really love me, be honest with me. My poor heart would break, dear, if you were untrue. Asleep or awake, dear, I'll dream about you. Oh, you are my darling. You're all that I see If you really love me Be honest with me I'm going to make you my own And how I will yearn, dear, when I'm all alone I'll never forget you, your sweet memory If you really love me, be honest with me
2: Be honest
1: with me, dear, whatever you do Remember your mind, dear, so always be true. Wherever you wander, on land or on sea. If you really love me, be honest with me.
0: Oh my, you know, I don't think that's too much to ask for your girl or... In this case, with Great Gildersleeve, your broker, real estate guy, to be honest with you, you wouldn't think so, would you? Well, anyway, that's what today's Great Gildersleeve is about. It's from May 24th of 1950. You're listening to Sounds Like Radio, and it is now time for the Great Gildersleeve. Let's listen.
3: The Kraft Foods Company, makers of Kraft Quality Foods, presents Harold Perry as the Great Gildersleeve. The Great Gildersleeve is brought to you by the Kraft Foods Company makers of the one and only Miracle Whip salad dressing. Here's a salad dressing that's different, delightfully different from any other dressing you've ever tasted. Not too sharp, not too bland. Miracle Whip has a peppy goodness that millions say is just exactly right. Enjoy Miracle Whip tomorrow. Even the simplest salad will bring you compliments when it's made with Miracle Whip. Miracle Whip. see what's doing at the great Gildersleeve's house. Late last night, Marjorie and Bronco came home from their honeymoon to again complete the little family circle.
4: Well, I'm glad they're home. I hope they like the little apartment upstairs.
5: They ought to, Mr. Gildersleeve. You sure fixed it up nice for them. Yeah, but it cramps Elmer's style.
4: You're a turtle Leroy?
5: Yeah. He doesn't have the run of the upstairs like he used to. I think it's got him worried.
4: Uh, a turtle with claustrophobia.
5: Laughter
4: Come on, Leroy, let's go work in the yard for a little while,
5: huh? Are you going to the office, Miss Kilsey? Well,
4: Bertie, I thought I'd wait around until Marjorie and Bronco came down. I didn't get a chance to talk to them much last night. No, sir. Who did? Hmm?
5: All I can say is, Marjorie, darling, Bronco, darling, Marjorie, darling, Bronco, darling. They're worse than before they were married.
4: Now, Leroy...
5: I thought that mushy stuff stopped after the honeymoon. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
6: if I know them two, they'll be on a honeymoon for years and years. Yeah,
4: I hope so. Come along, Leroy.
5: What are we gonna do, Unc?
4: Well, let's see now. We might burn the rubbish for Bertie.
5: Oh, boy, look at the pile.
4: Yeah, pretty big, all right.
5: Let me light it, Unc. I'll show you how to start a fire by rubbing two sticks together.
4: Oh? Well, go ahead, my boy. Little boy scout. <laughs> Leroy, you're rubbing two matches together.
5: Well, they're sticks. (laughs)
6: Oh,
4: brother, a junior Milton Burrow.
5: There she goes.
4: Yeah, pretty damp. It's gonna smoke a lot.
5: The breeze will keep it going. Hey, look, we're laying down a smoke screen.
4: Uh Uh-oh, it's blowing right across the street to Bullard's house. And the bedroom windows are open. Wonder if Bullard's up.
5: He will be. Hey, uh, how about tossing this old rubber tire on the fire? No, Leroy. Why not? We can't help it if the breeze blows the smoke over there. That's Mother Nature at work.
4: Yeah. Maybe this wasn't a good idea, Leroy. Bullard will think I'm doing it on purpose.
5: So what? He doesn't like you and you don't like him. Now, Leroy,
4: it isn't that we don't like each other. We just don't get along. <laughs> Wouldn't surprise me if he comes over here and tries to start something.
6: You must leave.
4: Zeke, here he comes.
5: What you want, Unc?
4: No, Leroy. We'll stand our ground. It's ours. Gildersleeve, what are you up to now? Oh, Mr. Bullard, good morning. Nice morning, isn't it? I don't know. I can't see
7: it for the smoke. (laughs) Smoke, huh? Oh, oh, it is a little smoky, isn't it? (laughs) Gildersleeve, haven't you any consideration for other people? Oh, yes.
5: It was out of consideration for you, Mr. Bullard, that we didn't burn this rubber tire.
7: Well, thank heaven for that. Gildersleeve, how in the lottery of life did I draw you
4: for a neighbor? Well, let's see. I came here tonight. now see here, Bullard. I might ask you the very same thing. You just waited until the wind was right to burn rubber. No, I didn't.
7: Yes, you did. No, I didn't. You keep out of this, Leroy. No, I didn't. Well, whether you did it on purpose or not, it was a stupid thing to do. Oh. Careful who whom you call stupid. I'm a public official. I'm the water commissioner, Gildersleeve. If you fool with me, I'll buy the water department and cut
4: off your water.
6: Oh! An incomplete.
4: An incomplete. That did it. Leroy burned the tire.
5: Have some breakfast with us, Uncle?
4: No, thanks, Marjorie. Leroy and I have eaten.
5: I can
8: eat again.
4: Leroy, let's (laughs) leave something for Marjorie at Bronco. Leroy's
8: like me. He can always eat. Mm -hmm. Uh, Pass the toast, Marge, darling. Here, darling. (laughs) You see, Uncle they're still at it. (laughs) (laughs)
5: Uh,
8: Mr. Gillersleeve, what was all the noise out in the backyard? Noise?
5: Uncle was just exchanging pleasantries with a neighbor.
4: Uh, Yes. (laughs) Well, what are you lovebirds going to do today?
8: Oh, I have a million things to do. Mm -hmm. Unpack, shampoo my hair, sew on some buttons for Bronco. Good. I'm going to work right after breakfast. Uh, Pass the jam, Marge, darling. Of course, dear. Oh, brother. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, you
4: going over to your father's little bookstore and start right in Bronco?
8: No, sir. I'm not depending on my father. Uh, Will you pass the bacon again, Mr. Gildersleeve?
4: Oh, oh, yeah, bacon. (laughs) Thanks. Remember what I've always said, my boy. I can find a place for you in our water department. Oh, thanks, Mr.
8: Gildersleeve, but I'm not sponging off you. (laughs) Will you pass the eggs again, please? (laughs) Heavy eater. Well, uh, what do you plan to do, Bronco? Anything in particular? Tell him your plan, darling.
4: Yeah, what is your plan, darling? (laughs) I mean, Bronco...
5: Why don't you go to Idaho and dig potatoes? Potatoes? Sure,
8: the government pays good money
5: for them.
8: Uh, Leroy? Okay. Well, I've got big plans, Mr. Gildersleeve, because I have the most wonderful wife in the world to support. Haven't I, Marge, honey?
6: Oh, Bronco. Isn't he wonderful,
8: Uncle? Oh, yes, but how are you wonderful people going to live? Mr. Gildersleeve, I have a briefcase, You have? And in it, there's a real estate license Onky, he's going to sell real estate
4: Real estate, eh? Well, I admire your spunk, Bronco But uh, not wanting to depend on me or your
8: father Well, spunk is what I've got plenty of Spunk and drive And ability And ability
4: (laughs) But Bronco, don't you think real estate is a little um,
8: crowded? Mr. Gildersleeve, the way I see it The whole world is waiting to be sold Oh? There's always room at the top.
5: Mm-hmm. What are you going to sell, the North Pole?
8: <laughs> Please,
4: Leroy, don't snipe at a young man starting his career.
8: <laughs> oh, that's all right, Mr. Gildersleeve. Nothing can stop me. I'm starting out to ring doorbells right after breakfast. Uh, more bacon, Marge? Oh, There isn't any more, darling. Oh, well, I'm starting right now. Uh, goodbye, Marge, darling.
5: Goodbye. Be sure to wear your coat. It's chilly out.
4: That boy doesn't need a coat. He's a ball of fire.
8: Yes? Oh, good morning, Mr. Bullard. I'm Bronco Thompson, Mr. Gildersleeve's son-in-law. Yes,
7: yes, I know. You seem nervous, lad.
8: Well, you're my first customer. I am? Mr. Bullard... I'm in the real estate business. Can I list your house for sale?
7: Well, young man, this house is not for sale.
8: Oh, well, I thought I'd ask you first. I'm starting at the bottom, you know.
7: <laughs> uh, yes.
8: Well, good day, Mr. Bullard. I'll try some of the other neighbors. A Good
7: idea. Oh, oh, uh, Thompson. Oh, yes, sir? I just had a thought. Has Gildersleeve by any chance listed his house for sale? No, sir. I live there. Well, I don't mind you, but I I mean, um
6: <laughs> Thompson,
7: I'll give you a listing of mine if you'll promise to get a listing on Gildersleeve's house. Fair enough?
8: Well yes, sir.
7: Very good. Come into my study, young man. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs>
4: the water department rolling, Bessie. I'm a little late this morning.
8: My, you look nice, Mr. Gildersleeve. Mm-hmm. What a pretty red flower you're wearing.
4: Oh, that's a buddy poppy, Bessie. Everybody ought to wear one this week. Now, let's get started with the mail.
8: Yes, sir. How are the newlyweds, Mr. Gildersleeve?
4: Oh, fine, fine, but let's get down to work till the honeymoon's over.
8: Yes, sir. Are they happy?
4: Why, well, naturally, Bessie, but let's get on the ball.
8: Oh, I'm so happy they're happy.
4: Bessie, please. This isn't the happiness hour. This is drudgery. <laughs> Did you check the water report?
7: No, sir, you did.
4: Oh. Well, somebody has to be efficient around here. I will say the work on my desk isn't piled as high as it used to be.
8: No, sir. I took the big pile and made it into three little piles.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Seems I've got a lot of work to do. Bessie, please close the door. I don't want to be disturbed. Yes, sir. Just a little pile. <laughs> Let's see. I think i work from left to right.
5: Oh, Mr. Gildersleeve. What
4: is it now, Bessie? Oh,
5: there's a young man to see you. He says he's selling real estate.
4: Bessie, I don't want any salesman in my hair. Well,
5: this one will be in your hair quite a while. He's your son-in-law.
4: <laughs> Ooh, uh, Bronco, eh? Well, show him in.
8: Hi, am in, Mr. Gildersleeve. Yeah, so I see. Well, how's business, Bronco? Oh, great. Just dandy. And I want to talk to you about something. How does it feel to be a newlywed, Mr. Thompson? What? Oh, fine. All right, Bessie. Yeah. Mr. Gildersleeve. I hear you're so happy. Yeah. Mr. Gildersleeve. And I'm so happy you're happy.
4: Bessie, will you please close that door from the other side? Yes.
8: <laughs> what a secretary. Now, Bronco, you wanted my advice about something? No, sir. I want to list your house for sale. Well, it. That... My house? I have a listing blank here, Mr. Gildersleeve. And if you'll just fill in a few details and sign on the dotted line, please. Wait a minute,
4: Bronco. I don't want to sell my house. And put the top back on your fountain pen.
8: Well, I've learned an important thing about the real estate business already. You can't sell real estate without listings.
4: That's logical and probably true. But why don't we start with somebody outside the family?
8: Oh, I have. I listed Mr. Bullard's house this morning.
4: Mr. Bullard gave you a listing on his house? Yes, sir.
8: He said he liked to help a young man get started.
4: Mm, That Bullard trying to show me up before my old son-in-law. Let me see his listing, Bronco. Uh,
8: there it is, in black and white.
4: <laughs> his house isn't worth that much. He marked up the price. He knows it won't sell.
8: Wasn't it nice of Mr. Bullard to give me the listing?
4: Well, Bronco, he's no nicer than I am. Where's that dotted line? <laughs>
8: Hello, Peavy. Well, hello, Mr. Gildersleeve.
6: What can
4: I do for you? Well, I thought I'd drop in and have lunch with you. On your house? Yeah. Well, no, Peavy. Have I ever asked you for a free lunch? We're good friends. Well, good friends are the kinds that eat a lot of free lunch. Oh, my goodness. Let me see your menu, Peavy. Okay, Very well. I recommend a cold salami sandwich. Well, I don't know. I think I like this roast beef. Well, if you're hungry, Mr. Gildersleeve, I'd take the salami. Why? Well, I don't have any roast beef.
6: <laughs> All right, Peavy.
4: Give me a ham sandwich. Mm, I'd still take the salami. No ham, eh, Peavy? <laughs> <laughs>
8: <laughs> Peavy, it's a little chilly. Don't you have something hot? Well, I can heat the salami. <laughs>
6: <laughs>
4: I'll take it cold. Okay, well... <laughs>
8: I hear Marjorie brought her new husband back home last night.
4: Yeah, they've settled down to married life, Peavy. Bronco's gone into the real estate business. Yes, I know. Here's your salami, Mr. Gillespie. Thanks. Peavy, don't tell me Bronco was drumming up business in here.
8: Well, he did want me to list the pharmacy for sale.
4: Yeah, that's Bronco, all right. Fast worker. I told him I'd have to talk it over with Mrs. Peavy. Well, Peavy, you didn't have to do that. Why didn't you just tell him No. Well, talking it over with Mrs. Peavy is telling him no.
6: <laughs> <laughs>
4: I see. Well, I don't want to sell my house either, but I gave him a listing on it. You don't say? Yeah, just to encourage mm-hmm. the boy. Of course, I put the price up kind of high. He'll never sell it. But if he has a listing from me, it might help him get other business.
8: Yes, it might. Yeah. Oh, Mr. Gildersleeve. Mr. Bronco. Yeah, I've been looking all over for you. I've sold your house. <laughs> <laughs> Sold my house.
5: My,
9: my.
8: Yes, sir. Here's a cashier's check for the down payment. But, Bronco, you can't sell my house right out from under me. Can he, Peavy? Well, no, I wouldn't say
6: huh?
3: <laughs> <laughs> We'll return to the Great Gildersleeve very shortly. Many a famous cook will tell you that she made her reputation by the simple trick of serving really wonderful salads. Yes, and you can do it too. Very easily, in fact, if you'll remember to do these three things when you make that salad. First, make that salad in advance so it can be thoroughly chilled. Second, be sure your salad greens are drained dry and really crisp. And third, and probably most important of all, be very particular about the dressing you use. For real salad success, serve Miracle Whip. Miracle Whip is the salad dressing millions prefer. Actually, it's the most popular salad dressing ever created. And once you taste it, you'll know why. Miracle Whip has a delightfully different flavor, a delicate, zesty goodness most folks agree is just exactly right. Miracle Whip, you know, is a different kind of salad dressing, it's made from a secret craft recipe to give you the very best qualities of old-fashioned boil dressing and fine mayonnaise. And Miracle Whip is blended with a special craft beater to give you a super smooth texture. Surprise your family tomorrow with an extra good salad, and to be really sure they'll like it, remember to use plenty of America's favorite salad dressing. The one and only Miracle Whip. <laughs> get back to the great Gildersleeve. To encourage his new son-in-law in the real estate business, the great man listed his house for sale. He didn't think it would move at such a fancy price, but was he ever surprised?
4: I listed it in good faith, Margie, but I had no idea he'd sell it.
7: Oh, isn't Bronco a wonderful salesman, Anki?
4: Well, he's a salesman. He won't even tell me who's bought the place.
7: The buyer wants to remain anonymous. Besides, what do you care? You're getting twice what the house is worth. And think of the big commission Bronco's making.
4: Well, I'm glad for that, but... Hey, Unc. What is it, Leroy?
5: How much money do I get for my tree house out of this deal?
4: Well, that wasn't included in the deal, Leroy. Besides, we may have to live in it.
7: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Unc, for the money Bronco's getting you, we can get an even larger house.
5: Yeah, how about a private room and bath for my pet turtle?
4: Leroy, this is a serious matter. And I'd back out of the deal if it was anybody else but Bronco.
5: Yeah, and get sued. Hmm.
4: Well, I guess the buyer could take action.
5: Miss Gelsley? Yes, Bertie? When are we
7: going to start looking at houses?
4: Well, I don't know, Bertie. Let's not rush this thing.
7: No, sir. But when we do, let's find a kitchen that's all automatic.
4: All automatic?
7: Yes, sir. The only thing automatic about the kitchen we got is Bertie.
6: Miss
7: <laughs> 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 Gelsley, when are we going to move? Well, I don't
4: know, Bertie. I don't even know who Bronco sold the house to.
7: <laughs> that Mr. Bronco, what a
4: salesman!
7: Uh-huh. He sells so fast you don't even know who bought. Yeah, all right, Bertie. He's a natural bond salesman.
4: Now, Bertie.
7: Yeah, I see he comes back from his honeymoon and starts selling. That's a natural bond salesman.
4: I know, Bertie.
7: Mr. Gilsey, do you know what your new son-in-law is?
4: Yes, Bertie.
6: That's right, he's a natural bond salesman. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Uh, And I'm a natural-born sap. (laughs) How did I get into this? How do I get out of it?
6: Hey, Elk, where
5: are you going?
4: I don't know, my boy. Right now I'm going around in circles.
5: Looking for another house?
4: No. No trying to figure out how to keep the one we've got. We don't want to sell that place. That's our home.
5: Yeah, I guess it'd be pretty tough living in another house.
4: Certainly it would.
5: How could we get in when you forgot the key? We'd have to punch new holes in the screens. (laughs)
6: Leroy,
4: there's only one hole. It's in the service porch.
5: Gosh, I might have to go to a new school where the teachers wouldn't take pity on me. Mm -hmm. I'll get worse grades than I do now.
4: That's highly probable, Leroy.
5: And what if Elmer doesn't like the new house? He may keep coming back like a cat.
4: Ugh, a homing turtle.
5: (laughs) Might take him months to make the trip.
4: Yeah, well, don't worry about it, Leroy. We're not going to move, I hope. I could just find out who bought the place.
5: Maybe you need a lawyer, Ronk. Why don't you see Judge Hooker?
4: Leroy, the judge doesn't know anything about real estate?
5: Sure he does. He was standing in front of Peavy's drugstore this morning talking to Mr. Bullard about real estate. Mr. Bullard? Sure, I was sitting by the newsstand reading the comic books, and I heard Judge Hooker say, real estate.
4: Say, Hooker is Bullard's attorney. And if Bullard were, work... George, I'm going over to Hooker's.
5: What's the matter, huh.:
4: I smell a mouse, my boy, and there's an old cat saying, When you smell a mouse, head for the mouse hole. <laughs> Sneaking hunch, the judge knows something about this deal. I'm sure he does. Confounded! I'll get the truth out of him if I have to beat the old goat with his own ass affitted a bag.
6: <laughs>
4: there he is, going into his house. Judge, Horace. The old rascal sees me trying to get into the house. Now I know something's up. Horace, you come here. Ooh. Look at him run,
8: Horace. <laughs>
4: One more grab, and I've got a... him. <laughs>
8: Gildy, let go of my coat is. Not by the hair
4: of your chinny-chin-chin, chin, you old goat. I want to talk to you, Horace. Not now,
8: Gildy. I'm very busy, and it's time for my calac water. Well, your calac water can
4: wait. I want you to tell me the truth, and nothing but the truth. But, Gildy... I listed my house for sale with Bronco only as a gesture to encourage the boy, and somebody pulled a sneaky trick on me and bought it. Do you know anything about it,
8: Judge? That's a leading question.
4: Judge, were you or were you not talking to Rumsen Bullard in front of Peavy's drugstore this morning?
8: Let me see Peavy's drugstore. Answer yes or no, Judge. Well, I bought a package of soda mints, and Peavy gave me a glass of water. Let's leave your liver out of this. <laughs> what about Bullard? Oh, he's fine. <laughs> now
4: look here, Judge. A cashier's check, a deposit on my house. Now, who purchased this check?
8: I can't tell you, Gildy. I don't have my glasses. The name is not.
4: Have you ever seen this check before? Me? Oh, my goodness. Look, Horace, you're supposed to be an old friend of mine. You want to see me lose my house? You want to see it sold right out from under my little family?
8: No, Gilde.: Besides, but... you're my attorney. I know, Gilde, but I'm Rumson Bullard's attorney, too. And he pays me. Oh? <laughs> so it is Bullard who's buying my house. I didn't say that, Gilde. It isn't ethical for an attorney to talk about his client's affairs. But it is Bullard. I didn't say it was, and I didn't say it wasn't.
4: Well, you didn't say it wasn't. Well, I didn't say it was. Well, was it or wasn't it? It was. I mean, it
6: wasn't. Yeah, you said a
4: judge, it was. Now, Gildy. I did it. I set a prop, trap for a mouse and caught an old goat.
6: Oh. Yeah. i get it. Yeah. I'll get it, Bertie.
7: Hello, Gildersleeve. Well,
4: Mr. Bullard.
7: I must remember to have that doorbell changed. I don't care for it. What's this? Oh, I forgot to mention, Gildersleeve, I bought your house. You
4: did? Well, Bullard, how could have you done such a thing?
7: I've been waiting for an opportunity to remove you from the neighborhood, Gildersleeve. You and your burning tires. How happy I'm going to be when you're gone. But where will I go? How about Canada? (laughs) Now, Bullard, you wouldn't take advantage of an old neighbor, an old friend. An old neighbor? No. An old friend? No. You, Gildersleeve, yes. (laughs) Now, if you'll excuse me, I'd like to come in and look over the house. Well, I can't stop you, Bullard. It's your house. How true, how true. Uh. Now, let's see. What room is this, Gildersleeve? Now, you know the rooms. You've been in this house before. I know, but I'd like to hear you tell me about it. Please, old neighbor, have mercy on me. I, I'm in an awful pickle. Well, I understand this is National Pickle Week.
6: <laughs> Tell
7: me about the rooms, Gildersleeve.
4: You're a hard man, board.
6: <laughs> Thank you. Proceed,
4: Gildersleeve. Well, this is the living room.
7: Imagine. Mm,
6: if... What was that, Gildersleeve? Uh,
7: nothing. My asthma. <laughs> I assume there are other rooms in the house? Oh, yes, we, we have a kitchen. Well, what a pleasant surprise. <laughs> From the fumes which are constantly drifting across the street, I thought you did all your cooking over the incinerator. <laughs> uh, that, I presume, is the dining room? Yes, that's our dining room. You eat in there? Yes. Standing up? <laughs> it's quite large when you're in it. I doubt if it would seem large when you're in it. <laughs> Bullard, have a heart. Give me a chance. Call off the deal. Nothing doing. I've waited years for this. On the day you move, I'm going to sit across the street on my veranda and cheer each passing piece of furniture. It will be a day of song and festivity. I shall adorn my cornices with bunting. (laughs) All right, Bullard, I'm licked. But how did you do it? It was quite simple, really. It was? Yes. I induced young Thompson to talk you into listing your house for sale by giving him a listing on mine. When he came back with your listing, I gave him a cashier's check immediately. Uh, uh, Is that how you did it? Yes, indeed. Your experience to the contrary, Gildersleeve, it requires brains to get along in this world. Well, by George Bullard, I've got to hand it to you. You're clever. Quite true. And as I have so often said, Gildersleeve, the day would come when I would have the last laugh. This is the day.
8: Ah! Hello, Mr. Gildersleeve. Well, Bronco. Oh, there you are, Mr. Bullard. I've been looking all over for you. Oh, what an ambitious
7: young man. What is it, my boy? I've just sold your house. (laughs) Well, that's fine.
6: What? (laughs) My
8: house? Well, Bullard, aren't you lucky? Oh no, not my
6: house,
8: (laughs) you (laughs) can't. Well, you signed the listing, Mister Bullard, and I have a cashier's check for the deposit. No, no. I... Yes, sir. Here it is, the cashier's check you gave me for Mister Gildersleeve. He's using it as a deposit to buy your house. My own check, Gildersleeve. I got it, trapped. As you said, Bullard, this
4: is the day for the last laugh. <laughs>
3: The Great Leaf will be right back. Now, if you're planning a party luncheon, here's a beauty of an idea for you. Get some big red tomatoes, the kind you're just beginning to see in the market. Cut them in quarters and arrange them petal fashion on a bed of lettuce. Then, right in the center, put a generous mound of chicken salad but not just any chicken salad. I mean your own extra delicious kind. The kind you make with Miracle Whip salad dressing. Miracle Whip's lively, teasing flavor is just the thing to add a delightfully distinctive goodness to that salad. Try it, and see if you and your best guests don't agree with the millions who prefer Miracle Whip.
4: Uh, Just a minute, Gildersleeve. We've got them where we want them, Bronco. Well, yeah, but Mr. Gildersleeve...
5: What's going on here? What's all the racket, Uncle? Nothing
8: at all, children. We just bought Mr. Bullard's house. No, you
5: haven't.
8: We'll call out both deals. Forget the whole thing. But what about my commission? I sold two houses.
4: Yeah, well, Bullard, if you want to keep your house, you pay commissions on both houses. Both houses? I'll only pay commission on one. It's a deal. (laughs) You pay Bronco the commission on yours, and I'll pay him the commission on mine. He can take mine out and bacon and eggs.
5: <laughs> <laughs> Did Mr. Sell a house? We sold two houses, Bertie. Hey, that grand. Mr. Gillsleeve, you know what Mr. Bronco is?
4: Yes, Bertie.
5: He's a natural bond salesman. <laughs>
4: Bertie! Show Mr. Bullard the back door. Leroy put the tire back on the fire. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Gildersleeve is played by Harold Perry. The show is written by Paul West, John Elliott, and Andy White, with music by Jack Meekin. Included in the cast are Walter Tetley, Mary Lee Robb, Lillian Randolph, Gloria Holiday, Dick Crenna, Gil Gordon, Earl Ross, and Vic LeGrand. What about me? This is Jay Stewart saying goodnight for the Kraft Foods Company, makers of the famous line of Kraft, quality food products. Be sure to listen in next Wednesday and every Wednesday for the further adventures of The Great Gildersleeve.
7: suits your taste. Mustard that's mild,
4: delicately spiced, or sharp, snappy mustard with zing in every bite. Either way, you like craft-prepared mustard, for there are two kinds. Salad mustard, tangy but smooth, and craft-prepared mustard with snappy horseradish added. Have both on hand for different tastes, different uses. Either works magic in bringing out hidden flavor. For when you add a little mustard, you add a lot of tang. Yet, craft prepared mustard.
10: you
6: hey,
0: have it, friends, from May twenty fourth, nineteen fifty. The Great Gildersleeve, today's episode here on Sounds Like Great. Yeah, the Great Gildersleeve having a bit of a problem there. Almost had his house sold from, from, out from under him. Oh, that would have been bad. Oh. But anyway, things kind of worked out. And so, you know, Peggy Lee is standing by. She wants to sing a little song that uh, maybe Gildersleeve could have taken this advice and things might not have been Well, things might not have seemed so bad if Gildersleeve had just taken a little time to smile. (laughs) Here's Peggy Lee. Take a little
11: time to smile Make a little thing worthwhile When the moon comes up and the sun goes down Take a little time to smile You think you have a care? You can find them everywhere. They will vanish too, like the others do, if you take a little time to smile. Smiles were meant to give away. Give a hundred every day if you know the good they do. Won't you please just give a few, try it for a little while, if you want to live in style. When the moon comes up and the sun goes down, take a little time to smile. In the morning, in the evening, in the meantime, in between times, smile.
0: the album Miss Wonderful. That's a nice title isn't it? <laughs> yeah, Peggy Lee's album from 1959 a nice song there called Take a Little Time to Smile that's never bad advice for anyone. We're going to take a little time to smile right now because my friends it is time that we had a little visit from Grandpa you know it's been a while Grandpa come on in here Ah, uh, yes. Well, sit down. Good to see you again. Uh, it's good to be back. Oh, I love this here circus music that's playing. Yeah, it does sound like we're in a circus or maybe at a one of those merry-go-rounds. You know, that's my favorite ride, the merry-go-round. I don't like to go on the whip, and I don't like going in them spooky houses, but I just love the merry-go-round. You get on a horse, and it goes up and down, and oh, it's real nice. Well, I, I remember going on the merry-go-round when I was a little kid, and I know my dad's favorite ride. Anytime we went to a to the boardwalk with rides back in uh, Wildwood, New Jersey, or we'd go to a fair, my dad always loved to go on the merry-go-round. Sometimes I remember going with him. You'd sit on a lion, and the lions, they didn't go up and down. They just sat there, or actually they stood there and looked like they were roaring. Oh, it was a fun time. Here. Oh, I just love the merry-go-rounds, them white ponies and brown ponies, and oh, it's my favorite thing. Well, Grandpa, I'm glad to see you here. Now, Grandpa, you know, last time we talked, I do believe we talked about having never having heard you tell the story of Old Rivers. Yeah, Old Rivers was, was a friend of mine. Yeah, I know, Grandpa, and that was your big hit. Yeah, it was a pretty big hit back in the day, and people loved it, and I still love it. Well, Grandpa, we figured it's about time we had you on to sing for us. Or I guess you don't sing. I'm not much of a singer. Uh, We had you on here to tell us today about Old Rivers. I always enjoy talking about Old Rivers. One time I'll I'll even tell you about Old Rivers' trunk. Well, that sounds good, too. But let's hear the original. Old Rivers. Well, I'd be glad to tell it to you. Yeah, Old Rivers. Just sit back and listen. I'll tell you all about it.
12: How old was I when I first seen old Rivers? I can't remember when he wandered around. Well, that old fellow did a heap of work, spent his whole life walking plowed ground. He had a one-room shack, not far from us, and, well, we was about as poor as him. He had one old mule he called Midnight, and I trailed along after them. He used to plow them rows, straight and deep, and I'd come along there behind, a busting up clodge with my own bare feet. Old Rivers was a friend of mine. The sun would get high and that mule would work, and Old Rivers would finally say, whoa. He'd wipe his brow and lean back on the range and talk about a place he's going to go. One of these days, I'm going to climb that mountain, walk up there among them clouds where the cotton's high and the corn's a-growing and they ain't no fields to plow. I've got a letter today from the folks back home and they're all fine. Crops is dry. Down near them end, mom said, son, you know old Rivers died. Sitting here now in this new plowed earth, trying to find me a, a little shade. With the sun beating down across the fields, I see that mule, old Rivers, and me. Now, one of these days, walk up there among them clouds Where the cotton's high and the corns are growing And there ain't no fields to plow With the sun beating down across the fields I see That mule, old rivers, and me
0: Grandpa (laughs) Oh, I like that You know I still like it. It was your big hit, and to me, it's one of my all-time favorite, Grandpa's songs. Well, now you know why I'm I'm partial to it. (laughs) And you know, after all these years... What about it? After all these years, I still ain't tired of talking about old rivers. Well, everyone loves to hear about old rivers. Now, imagine, Grandpa, people who haven't heard the story of old rivers. They just heard it for the first time. Well, now they know what they've been missing all these years. Now, when can I come back to tell you about Old River's trunk? Well, that'll have to be another day, Grandpa. We only have so much time for Grandpa time. Well, I guess that means it's time for me to head on out. Well, Grandpa, we want to thank you for coming by, and we're going to have you back, that's for sure. We definitely want to hear about Old River's trunk. Yeah, he had a big trunk. He had a lot of packing to do, you know. All right, right, Grandpa, we're going to hear about that another day. Uh, anyway, thanks for stopping by, Grandpa. Uh, you're, you're quite welcome. Bye, folks. There goes Grandpa. Bye, Grandpa. It's good to see you. Yeah, I always like getting little visits here from Grandpa. They bring the show up, if you ask me, because Grandpa just has that special quality, especially in his songs. Well, friends, Grandpa's been around for years and years, and, well, there's a little lady I do mean a little lady because she was short, five foot two or something like that. I don't know exactly, but she was short. But boy, was she a, a powerful singer. Yeah, Barbara Mandrell. That's who I'm talking about. Miss Mandrell, Miss Mandrell. Now, on her variety show, she used to have them Muppet type guys, and one of them was sort of a takeoff on John Denver. He looked a little like John Denver, and every time Barbara Mandrell was about to come on, he'd say, Miss Mandrell, Miss Mandrell. Well, Mr. Mandrell is here right now. She's going to tell us about them years and them years. Oh, this is a good song. Here's Barbara Mandrell. This is my favorite Barbara Mandrell song, as a matter of fact. Here she is to tell us about them years a person can spend. You know, it ain't a good idea to wait for years and years. You can have your whole life go by. fade hey, hey
10: photographs, the feelings all come back, even now sometimes you feel so near, and I still see your face, Like it was yesterday It's strange How the days Turned into years Wishing you were here. After all this time, you'd think I wouldn't cry. It's just that I still love you. After all these. I still love you After all the
0: That is a powerful song, even if you listen to the lyrics of that song. You know, it's not a good thing to do, spend years wanting someone, knowing in the back of your mind you're never going to get them. Ah, sad song. Barbara Mandrell singing years. It's a futile way to spend your life, I can tell you that. Well, Barbara Mandrell, she's drying her tears from spending all them years and she's looking forward, though, to uh, <laughs> not getting married. Uh, because if she did, she'd be waiting for the ink to dry. Now, that's the case of Marjorie. She didn't let the ink dry before she got on Bronco and said, you got to get yourself a job. Get out there and get to work. So that's what Bronco did. Here's Burl Lives to tell us all about how she didn't let the ink dry. Tell us about it, Burl. Oh, it's going to be good.
9: Just outside the town Over one too many beers we discussed it And decided that we'd like to settle down So I bought a golden band And got the license And found a preacher Just to make things right But it ended all too soon I'm on a one-man honeymoon And that's how I'm gonna spend my wedding night Oh, she didn't let the ink dry on the paper Till everything I owned was in her name No, she didn't let the ink dry on the paper And a honky-tonk in Dallas is to blame got the license and found a preacher just to make things right but it ended all too soon I'm on a one man honeymoon and that's how I'm gonna spend my wedding night oh she didn't let the ink dry on the paper till everything I owned was in her name no she didn't let they dry on the paper And the
0: honky in Dallas is replaced. Oh you know I think some some men may need that you know someone behind them kicking them a little bit to get them going Maybe that's the kind of guy Bronco is He needs a little Kick in the rear to get out there and make some money. <laughs> I don't know about that, but some people do. Yeah, uh, and my inspiration for making money was keeping a roof over my head. You know, I didn't need someone to tell me to go out and make a little money because if I didn't, I- I- I'd be s- sleeping on a sidewalk, and that ain't pleasant. Yeah, oh my. Well, anyway, that's a little humble host philosophy here on Sounds Like Radio. You get everything. You get a little humble host philosophy. You get a few laughs with the great Gildersleeve and you get the greatest music of all time. Oh, oh yeah. I'm still thinking of that Barbara Mandrell song. That was sad, wasn't it? Hmm. Yeah. Um, A really good song, but also a very sad song. Well, friends, I don't want to end the show on a sad note, so we're going to say We're going to see you again next time for the next episode of The Great Gildersleeve, which will be the following week, which is, what, May 30th? May 31st of 1950. That'll be next time we get together on Sounds Like Radio. Until then, I am your humble host saying so long for now. Thanks for listening, everybody. Goodbye for now.